All right, we are going to be starting right now in 2 Peter verse 3. And one of the things that I have said on each one of these chapters is, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't quench it. Just speak right up and say what it is that is um, he is laying on your heart. Because uh, I like to think that I'm not teaching a Bible study, but just leading. And so we'll be moving through chapter 3, which is actually not a real long chapter, um, but jam-packed full of stuff. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I th I've kind of tried to decide, do I want to just read this whole thing and then come back to it I'm, and kind of go through it? I, I think that's what I'm going to do. So we're going to start with uh, verse 1. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you. In them, I am trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken through your apostles. First of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and indulging their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestor died, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately ignore the fact that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago and an earth was formed out of water and by means of water, through which the world of that time was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the godless. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of person ought you be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the day of of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and new earth, where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found at, by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also my beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, speaking of this as he does in all his letters. There are some things in them hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you are forewarned, beware that you are not carried away with the error of the lawless and lose your own stability. 
but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and on the day of eternity. Amen. I kind of like reading it in the whole because when you're breaking it apart, you, you somehow lose what he's trying to say, I think. And like I said, I, I think you can go off a thousand different directions just on one or two of the verses. It brings up so many questions. Um, but as I am not that Bible scholar, we'll just stick with what seems to be the basic and pretty much what it's saying. So when I looked at this, it kind of seemed like there were things that were divided up. Um, in the very first, it seems like he's kind of talking about an attitude towards the return of the Lord. Um, and if you remember in verse in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, he talked about um, an apostasies, a falling away. And, and I think he was talking about right then, and I think he's talking about right now. And right now, you know what I mean? It's kind, it was kind of cool when you look back at the, at the very first chapter. It felt like, yeah, and he's talking, Peter's talking to Susie right now. So um, when we look at verse 1, in some translations in verse 1, it will say, um, arouse your, um, oh, I can't even remember the word now, but really sincere, oh, pure, it's pure. Yeah, pure. And really sincere is probably um, a better translation of that. Um, it's not talking about um, us being holy as much as it's talking about that we are sincere in wanting um, and wanting to do what's right to be aroused. So when you hear the Lord saying things over and over again in the Bible, you know it's something important that he wants us to know. And I can't even remember the number. I heard it at one point, but don't recall it, that how many times he brought up the end times, the day of the Lord, and how many times he talked about the destruction of the earth and a new heaven and earth. It's quite a bit that he brings it up throughout the Bible. The Old Testament prophets talk about it, as well as the, the apostles talk about it. Um, so what is it that Peter wants us to remember? He says, you should remember the words spoken not only by the prophets in the past, but by the apostles now. So he's kind of putting both on equal fields. And the fact that to me that he recognizes that the apostles of that day really are speaking the word of God as much as the prophets were speaking the word of God. So he's talking about Paul, who was living at the same time, and they're talking about um, saying that this is, this is going to happen. And um, so what is it that he wants us to remember if we go into verse, starting into verse 2? Um, that we should remember the, the words that the prophets spoke as well as the apostles. First of all, understand that in the last days, scoffers are going to come. Can we see that now? Oh, yeah. Clearly. Been here. Been here for a while. And um, when, when you look at scoffers, um, it's one of the, de, um, I'm trying to think of somebody from Calvary Chapel that used this as a definition. They treat lightly what should be taken seriously. And if you've ever tried to witness to someone or talk to someone about the Lord, and they start in with, you believe that? You believe that book? You believe, 
creation, you believe God's really going to come back? Those are all scoffers. And the thing is, is when they get Jesus wrong, they get the rest of the story wrong. If they don't get who Jesus is and where, what his place is, they get the whole rest of the story wrong. You can think of religions that don't get Jesus right. And so it kind of makes them get everything else in the Bible wrong when they don't get him right. So he's telling us, understand that scoffers are going to come. They're going to indulge in their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Ever since our ancestor died, all things continue as they were from the beginning. And you can hear people saying that today, sometimes even Christians. You know, while we, I can't remember, it was like I was living in Holland in the 80s, and, you know, the, it was like in 1980. To the Lord is due, you know, in 1980, you know, it was like these things that they kept saying the Lord was returning. And then the 90s came and there where the Lord didn't return and 2000 came, you know, and everything was going to fall apart and you're sure the Lord was going to come. It doesn't mean the Lord isn't going to come. The Lord will come. You know, you can mark it. The Lord will come. You just can't mark it on a calendar because God is, is, um, he is generous he is, when you think of the word long-suffering, I don't think it really explains who God is. I think that God has every right to light the world on fire. He has enough anger at what we have done, equal to the days of Noah. But because he is patient and wants all to come to the Lord, this is why he waits. And I thank God he waits. I thank him that he is not coming before all that have a chance can get saved. Um, when you look at the words kind of backing up a little bit, he wants to arouse our sincere intention, and he wants to stir that up. He wants to wake it up in us. Even we can become kind of lethargic, you know, in thinking, um, well, I read my Bible today, chick, chick. And I made breakfast for my kids, checked that one off. And, you know, I helped do good works at the church today, click that off. It's time for bed, let me say my prayers. And we can become lethargic about where, what is happening in our world and the fact that our Lord will return. He is coming back. When you look in verse 5, it says they deliberately ignore the facts. So they, they don't just, it doesn't just slip their minds. They're ignoring the fact that the word of God, heaven existed before the earth was long ago and an earth was formed out of water. Um, they deliberately don't remember that God destroyed that earth because of the sin that was going on in Noah's time. When you think about um, that and that he will destroy this earth again by fire this time. Then when you start moving into um, verse 5 through 13, you're really looking at kind of the agenda of the world. Verse 5 to me, it was really looking at the past world. It refers to the flood of Noah's day. There is an abundance of evidence that that took place. 
Um, I think that scientists really can't even argue that too much anymore. There, that was a big, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Cataclysmic kind of event that happened. And it's noted by many, many different cultures that there was a big flood. And God says, I mean, the sin at that time. And sometimes I think um, one of the examples I was listening to said, you know, you go into the nursery and there's a Noah's Ark and the, all the animals are going two by two with big smiles on their face. This was not a big smiley time. You know, the world was destroyed. And Lord Jesus, whatever that is, just be with those people. Whatever is happening, Lord. Um, you know, the world was wiped away because of the sin that was going on at that time in Noah's time. And do you think Noah ran into scoffers? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, he was building an ark in the middle of Iraq, I think. And, you know, I'm sure there was many scoffers in that day, but he was true to hearing what God told him to do. Then we move into like verse, um, well, I'm going to read, uh oh, I'm going to read verse um, seven because we're kind of starting to move into the present time in verse seven. By the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the godless. Um, I think probably when Peter was writing this, they're probably, I, I'm wondering if he was thinking, how will the earth be destroyed by fire? Well, one, I don't even think they had a concept of how big the earth was. You know, the earth was kind of their world right there. And I mean, I'm just trying to guess, I wonder what Peter was thinking if the world was going to be destroyed by fire, where I think now we know that our whole earth is fire and, and really only about, I don't know, maybe 10 feet under, it's a big ball of fire under there. And there is going to be a time when this world will not be anymore. Verse 8. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that our, with our Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Anyone have thoughts on that one? About the whole time thing. Everything that's wrong is right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like there's no standard. There's no there's no plumb line that says don't cross over this. This this is not right. Um, I, you know, I go through and I try to keep up on things that are going on in the news, and I I want to know just because I want to put it in perspective with where we're at in the in the Bible. And, you know, the whole thing with um, transgender, 
You know, I just, I just look at, I, I read an article this morning and I was just looking at this young, I think it was a girl, um, how lost and how sad and how confused. And yet everyone is praising her saying, how brave you are. You know, and I'm, I'm like, the, they're believing the lie. They're believing the lie that is moving them away from our Lord. Um, you know, and it's not that I don't love that group of people. I do. I, I feel like if I don't love that group of people, how can I share Jesus with that group of people? You know, I, I think that it's, it's super important, um, you know, to love those outside the church as well as inside the church, but outside the church, because I think that's what God calls us to do. How can we, you can still love and not accept the lie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think the thing that's like, we have to remind ourselves with this verse about one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day, is that um, the Lord is not bound by time. He's, he's not bound by, you know, he, he, everything to him is eternity. He's moving through and time does not bind him. And so it's something that's so foreign, I think, to us. But to him, um, I mean, I hope one day that, you know, when we're in that new earth or in that new heaven, that we are not bound by time. You know, that we understand what that's like. I mean, because it kind of must be pretty cool yeah. that you're not bound by time. Um, and I think that that's why we need to be ready because honestly, it can happen any moment. Yeah. Any moment. He even talks about it being a thief. Even in the end of Matthew, you know, Matthew talks about like the bridegroom. When no one's expecting it, it happens. Yes. Uh, in fact, I think they bring that back up a little bit further down the line here. Um, so when I say, it's talking about that in verse 10. By the day, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, when we refer to the heavens, are we referring to the sky, the stars, or are we referring to actual... Where God resides? Yeah. Um, when it says the heavens will pass away... I, I don't know, because um, I, would, I would think that it means the sky, um, although, although I think when you start reading in Revelation, I just kind of wrote this down a little bit. Um, in Revelation 21, I'm kind of jumping ahead. If you go to Revelation 21, and I am not the Revelation scholar, um, but... When I jump to Revelation 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, 
for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. So I think when we're reading that part, the tribulation has already happened. That's past. So, you know, there's debate on whether the rapture's coming before that, in the middle of that, after that. I'm praying it comes before that. So let's say that I'm right. There's a rapture. There's a tribulation. Those things have passed. Jesus has returned to the earth. His second coming has happened. That's past before we get to Revelations 21. The millennium kingdom, which was a thousand-year reign, that's past. And because that happened on the present earth, that thousand-year reign was on the present earth. And then after that, a new heaven and a new earth. Um, so just, and like I say, you can't ask questions on this part because I don't know enough to know the answers. <laughs> or, you can, or you can correct me or tell me what you think about this because I find it interesting, but I'm telling you I don't know the answers on this. Um, this is just something that I had been reading that, you know, some people would ask, well, why would you keep the earth to do the thousand-year reign? You know, why wouldn't we make a new heaven and a new earth and then do that thousand-year reign? So, but one of the things that I had um, heard with, through a Calvary chapel, because I went to a Calvary chapel before um, when I was living in Phoenix, that, um, that there still is a reverse of the curse that God, that came with Adam and Eve. There is still the reverse of that curse that happened on earth. And that there is a fulfill, to fulfill all the prom, promise um, to Israel that that's why the old earth was used. I don't know enough to tell you if that's true or not true. But I'll just plant it out there and everybody needs to go to figure that out through what the word says and study. That right there could be a study all on its own. And, you know, I am not the... Um, the new world, new earth, new heaven expert. But I do think it brings up curious questions. And then it says in uh, Revelation 21, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his people, his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Makes me want to cry, huh? Yeah. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Kind of like those things of Noah have passed away. Now, these things that we know on earth, we're in this middle group right now. Those are going to pass away. What God is bringing, you know, it's like, at first, it's disastrous. But in the end, it's like, Marvelous. It's like there aren't words to describe what it will be. 
anyway, I kind of jump ahead of myself there. I, it, it just kind of brought that to mind to me. Number nine. I think that it can get so much worse. I think this is the birth pains that we're seeing right now. Yes. I think that all that we're seeing and feeling and this one, you know, we can call it a plague. I think it really is the birth pains of what's to come. I just think it can get so much worse. And um, I, was, I was listening to um, something that Max Licato did the other day. I love him as an author. And he kind of did this timeline. And really, we're right in this place. The rapture could happen at any moment. And, um, you know, so I think one of the things back in Second Peter, and maybe I'm getting to that place. Um, when you get to verse 14, Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, speaking as, as this as he does in all his letters. There are some things in them hard to understand, but the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you are forewarned, beware that you are not carried away with the error of lawlessness and lose your own stability. And I think here is the weapon here that we talked about in chapter 1 and chapter 2, and he wraps up with one of our weapons right here but growing grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The more we know Jesus, the more we know what his word says, the more we can stand, not be, be tossed about in, with instability. You know, at first when I read this, um, the one right above it, it says not to be carried away with the error of lawness and lose your, and I'm, in my mind I'm thinking salvation. It's not your salvation, it's your stability. So those that are not grounded in the word, I think those scoffers come along, those false, those false preachers come along, um, a word that has a partial truth in it. You don't know enough because you're not grounded enough and thus you're not stable. You can be tossed about. And I don't think it means losing your salvation, but I do think it makes you a very not stable person and an easy target. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think Satan's always ready for like 
something that looks really good for you to draw to it. I don't know. Just Satan's always there. Yeah. Like you think about how like the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for 40, 40 days. And right, he wasn't eating or drinking. Or anyways, but anyway, Satan tempted him with things that Jesus wanted him. But Satan's always but God, his, his defense to Satan was he quoted back the word to him. Um, and I really think it is our defense is to be able to know the word and say it back. And I think growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, that right there um, is going to ground us. I'm going to look through this and see anything else I wrote because I kind of tend to write all over the place. Oh, one of the things that, that I was kind of interested in when I read this was the day of the Lord. You know, what does that mean, Lord, the day of the Lord? Is that like the rapture? Is that the tribulation? Is that the... You know, when, when the earth is gone and there's a new heaven and earth, is that the... Doesn't it say like the great and terrible day of the Lord too? Some, I think in Revelation, I don't know. Anyways, there's even more words that go along with it, not just great, but... Yeah, I, what do you guys think that is? <laughs> I, I kind of came up with, I think it kind of starts with the tribulation, and goes all the way through, you know, but I, I kind of was thinking that it started with tribulation. I don't think it's a one-day event. No. You know, I think it's a, it's a, um, a yes, it's that thousand years. It's that one day that's a thousand years. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's kind of what I came up with. That it starts with, with tribulation and um, culminates with the second coming of Christ when he comes back down to the earth. is what I thought it talked about. And, and it mentions it in different, um, different books of the Bible. It's in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos. I mean, like lots in the, New Test, in the Old Testament. The prophets spoke about it a lot in the Old Testament. And then you get into Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Those all talk about it more in detail. And then John really gets into detail when you get into Revelation. And that's when you really get the detail. And I think it's that whole thing starting with the tribulation. And I guess the other thing I got out of this chapter is that as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to also be the same before the, the, the second coming of, of, of Christ. It's going to be the same. We're going to see it the same as it was in the days of Noah. So, you know, one of the things it says, while we're waiting for these things, so, you know, I asked, what kind of person are we going to be while we're waiting for these things to happen? Because we're kind of in the, the waiting place, you know, and the Susie in me would like to wait in my house, um, watching cooking shows and making shortbread cookies and baking cookies and, 
passing them on to Sharon, getting her chubby. You know, that's what I'd like to do while I'm waiting. But I don't think that's exactly what the Lord's calling me to do. I don't think that's what he really intends for me to do. Not that it's a bad thing to do that. But beloved, while you're waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace. I think the more we know his word, the more at peace we will be. We will not be, um, I mean, it will come as a surprise, I think, when the rapture comes, when, and then we won't have to worry about the tribulation too much, except for what about those people that are all around us that don't know the Lord? You know, I had said, I think last week, we need to grieve for the things our Father grieves for. And there is a world around us that does not know Jesus. That, and um, Kim one time had us listen to, um, she was a British, I think, missionary, and she talked about wherever your two feet are, that's where your mission field is. And we should be about our Father's work wherever our two feet are standing. You know, and I think, well, Lord, you know, I'd have to go out of the house <laughs> for my two feet to be standing someplace else. And I've really been praying about that. You know, Lord, let me be the one that says, send me, Lord, because I want to feel that grief you feel. When you grieve for everyone, Lord, I should feel that too. And then, you know what? I will be at peace because I'm listening to what you're saying, Lord. Um, without spot or blemish, Gosh, I don't know that I can get there, but I know the more I know the word, the more I'm going to be able to stand in those days. Um, and I think we should be about our Father's work. That's what we should be while we're waiting. Um, seeing every opportunity and praying about every opportunity that God gives us. And I think the other thing that I, I had heard from one of my Calvary pastors is when we start believing the reality of that side, then we're going to start living and behaving that reality on this side. I think the more we start believing what our Lord is saying is going to be happening and that there is a heaven and it is real, and the earth will come to an end, and there will be a rapture, and there will be a tribulation, the more we start believing that, the more our behavior will show that. We should have that sense of urgency, that we don't have that much time left. And maybe that's the prayer we pray. Lord, give me opportunity, give me a sense of urgency, because I could be real complacent just kicking back, checking off my checklist, cookies were made, you know. I went and checked. Yeah, took them to Kathy's. <laughs> and I think that's how I will end. One of the things that um, early Christians would say to each other and maybe it's what we need to say to each other now, is, is Maranatha, the Lord is coming. So maybe when we're hugging each other or 
we whispered to each other, Maranatha, because the Lord is coming. Amen. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. When I you am. think about the panic in the world right now because of this COVID thing, regardless of whether it was man-made and purposely done or what, I think the non-believers are panicking, where believers know who's in control. Well, and if you were an on-the-fence believer, you're probably not going to be able to sit there much longer. Uh-huh. You better pick a side, because I don't think that day is going to be much longer. And I think also, it, it reminds me of the passage in Luke. I wrote it down. Um, well, it's actually, it's in Luke and it's in Matthew. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know, there is a world out there that is dying and they need us to go forward and share the good news. Any other thing to add? Nope. Well, um, I'm going to say that unless Kim makes an announcement... We're probably going to put our Bible study on hold uh, unless she makes some kind of announcement in church on Sunday. We wrapped up First and Second Peter. Those were good books. Those were super good books. And let's go ahead and close out. Anyone want to pray? I won't even look to see if you're making eye contact. It's not my comfort zone. Go ahead. That's okay. You're sincere. Amen.